guide to Asperger's. This is your host, the Autistic Woman. This episode is about adult bullying. Have you ever had a bad boss? Mm, probably all of us have at one time or the other. A perfect caricature of a bad boss is Bill in Office Space, the movie. Bill is passive-aggressive and does mean things like, with one employee, he keeps moving his desk to worse and worse places in the office until finally he moves him into the basement. That kind of behavior is humiliating and invalidating. No one can afford to stay in a situation with a boss like that, and certainly people who are autistic are going to feel the impact in a much greater way. A bad boss, like Bill, isn't just someone who doesn't understand how to manage employees. In fact, it may be someone who's absolutely brilliant at managing employees his way by controlling them, manipulating them, demeaning them, and invalidating them. It's like the passive-aggressive boss who gives you a big assignment the day before you go on vacation. What motivates this kind of behavior in a bully? The need and desire for control? Punishment. That they like to micromanage you. That they fake the future by promising raises and promotions. They love to intimidate. They'll invade your privacy, such as eavesdropping, reading your emails, things like that, because they're looking for something to use against you. They'll question your adequacy. They'll ask for your input on a project, for example, and then they'll ignore it. They may even make fun of it later. They'll change project guidelines. They also seem to have these rules you never hear about until you break them. And that's a way to always keep you one down. They'll hold on to personal information they have about you and then point it out to you in a negative way to undermine you. They may be verbally abusive. They may try to humiliate you or make snide remarks or ridicule you or berate you in front of the other employees. In my case, I had to learn what an adult bully is and how to spot one so I could protect myself. Adult bullies have a pattern of behavior. It does take careful observation and maybe even actually experiencing it to understand what to look for. So here's what it might look like to encounter a bully in the workplace. The first time you meet a bully, he or she might seem charming and warm. They might welcome you to your new job and tell you how glad they are that you're there. I had one boss take me to my office on the first day and then simply walk away. No instructions, nothing. I was on my own to ask the employees I was supervising about my job duties. A bully wants you to look bad and incompetent. They want you to question yourself for not knowing what to do, as if you were supposed to know. By the way, expecting you to know something is a bullying tactic because you'll almost always come out on the losing end. The bully is going to try to keep you off balance, sometimes telling you what a good job you're doing and then suddenly appearing dissatisfied with you. The better you are at what you do, the harder they'll try to make you look bad. And sometimes the way they do it will go over the heads of of autistic people. Again, because we have this idea that other people aren't mean. Bullies don't like competition. In a strange way, it's a compliment to attract the attention of a bully as an adult. It's when they feel threatened by you. Whether it's your work, your personality, your experience, your knowledge, they fear you'll look better than they do. So they're going to work to take you down. Bullies will work 
behind the scenes to undermine you. You may never know how they do it. They have a pattern of taking things that are true and mixing them in with false things to confuse. And if you're the target, you'll start to question just what true is. Here's an example. The boss goes to Tom out of earshot of anyone else and says, Tom, I need you to do this report over for me. It's due tomorrow. Jane is so incompetent. I think this report she did is a mess. She's let everyone down. Later, the boss will repeat that conversation something like this. Tom is having to do Jane's report over again. He knows how incompetent she is. She's a mess, according to him. How do you fight that when you don't even know what's going on? I've seen this pattern on many occasions, personally and in business. Do you feel like you have to go along with someone who says bad things about others? Most people don't question something the boss would say that Tom said. In the past, and because of autism, I would just go along with that kind of thing because autism made it hard for me to know how to react to the unexpected. I would default to agreeing and might never know how it is used against me, but I know now it will be used. How do you handle it? I came up with something after I understood I'm autistic as a way to deal with others who are determined to say bad things. I just know that I somehow felt dishonest when I was agreeing with something like this. I didn't like when I heard bad things. It made me so uncomfortable. And finally, I just felt unwilling to do it someone else's way, especially when I found it so unpleasant. I became motivated out of my silence when I heard things like this. I can't believe she's dating him. I don't think it's right the way he treats her. No one should be treated that way. And now I say something like, I really don't know anything about that. Then I'll hear, you don't think they should break up? You think she should just let him do those things? To that I would respond, I don't know. This situation is not my business. This is one of those times when being autistic works to our advantage because we often come across monotone or very serious Rather than coming across as emotional, we come across as matter of fact. Just keep repeating statements like that. The other person will eventually give up, but only after they've tried on numerous occasions to keep this kind of conversation going. I had someone in my life who did this, who constantly said bad things about one person in particular. And before I know it, I was agreeing. That's my pattern. But then I'd feel bad about myself. So I knew I had to deal with it. I didn't like that uncomfortable feeling. So I started by telling the person I didn't like having negative things said about someone else and that I wouldn't participate in it. My boundary wasn't respected. Every conversation consisted of criticism of others. The first few times I had to repeat, I don't want to hear bad things about people. And the response was, okay, but just one more thing. What? Did you not hear me? What you want doesn't matter to a bully. He or she has their own agenda. But I found that after talking to this person, I felt so down. Finally, I chose to avoid that person. Apparently, it didn't matter to the bully what I wanted, but it did matter to me. So here are some responses you can use, even if they don't feel natural at first. I don't have an opinion. I don't know anything about it. I can't say... I have no idea. I don't know the facts. I wouldn't know. 
I don't know what goes on in someone else's relationship. I have to tell you, it feels so good to no longer be a part of that. It's also quite fun to notice the bully's reaction the first time you say it, and it will empower you. Bullies are always watching and listening to you to find something they can use later. So once you're starting to think that maybe someone is a bully, share nothing. They'll try to draw you out very cleverly. Don't say anything personal about yourself or anyone else, including something as simple as where you were born. I know that sounds ridiculous, but you will hear it back in an unflattering way. They can always come up with something to bring you down. Don't trust them. They're clever and manipulative. You can't beat them at their game. They've played it their whole lives. They live for it. Autistic people often have a strong sense of justice and fairness, and along with that is a conscience. Our conscience tells us to play fair, to assume the best, and to be kind. Question that. If you're with a bully, forget that. Your conscience is your weakness against a person who doesn't have one. Does a bully have a conscience? I say no, and here's some evidence of that. A bully can do no wrong. A bully thinks you are nothing. If you are nice to a bully, they laugh at you for being so naive and trusting. A bully will set you up, make you look bad, try to upset you, try to get you to act on anger or hurt. They'll do anything to gain power over your happiness. Do you want to be in the vicinity of someone like that? I was pretty naive about autism, and at one point, I didn't realize that the long relationship I had was with a bully. I was a mess. I was emotionally distraught. I didn't know who I was. I hated the way I was treated, and I convinced myself no one would ever love me because there was nothing about me to love. When I finally left the situation, I decided to do some research. Of course I did. I'm autistic. That's when I figured out I was with a bully. I heard stories from other women that sounded exactly like they'd been living my life. I heard their stories and how much pain this bully had brought into their life, and I got it. I figured out in that process that no one could make me happier than I could make myself. Sounds like a cliche, right? Because it is a cliche, so what does it really mean? Well, think about it. Who could possibly know you better than you know yourself? You know what you like. You know what makes you happy. You know what you would like to do every day. So you're the person who can pick all those things to do whenever you want. You're the one who can make yourself happy. And no one can do a better job than you. No one. Absolutely no one. In that experience, I promised myself to open my eyes. I promised myself I would never, ever accept that kind of treatment again. I wouldn't remain in any situation that was crushing me. Oh, right. How are you supposed to do all that? The most important thing to keep in mind is to notice how you feel. If you feel down, if you feel depressed, if you feel this person shouldn't treat you that way, or, or it's not what you want, listen to the feelings. Even if you don't know what they are at the moment, you know you're feeling bad. Stop and listen. Even if the only conclusion you can come to at the time is, I feel bad. I don't like this. So let's say you make the decision to get out of a bad relationship. The autistic voice, not only to keep you there, but once you leave, will start to say, what if you're wrong? Your answer, then I'm wrong. Oh, well, move on. It doesn't matter if I'm wrong. I don't need proof. 
I believe that each encounter with a bully is testing us. In my case, in each encounter or test, I found myself feeling worse about me. Why do people treat me like that? What's wrong with me, I would think. Often, autistics blame themselves for things that go wrong. We can't afford to do that. It lowers our self-esteem. We don't know who we even are. We forget what's good about us. We become prime bait for bullies. Once a bully decides who you are, and you can imagine what a bully might think of someone who's autistic, the bully has to make themselves right by proving it. They'll stop at nothing. Remember, they're not going to be wrong. Pain, emotional pain, was a powerful motivator for me. I learned everything I could about how to recognize the type of person I didn't want in my life. Every person I'd meet, I'd start to watch them and question everything they did. It was kind of a practice, I guess. I finally got the ultimate test in recognizing a bully and deciding how to handle him. A few years ago, I was hired for a position I had prepared for my whole career. My experience in work and in life all came together so I could be really good at what I was doing. I was in charge of a very important division. I treated people well. I did great work. I respected and encouraged my employees. I was committed. As a result, I shined and I attracted the attention of a bully. The bully was another manager. He wasn't my boss, but he definitely had more power than I had. Shortly after I arrived, his secretary emailed me and set up a meeting. When I asked what I needed to do to be prepared, in other words, the reason for the meeting, she said, oh, he just wants to introduce himself. So I arrived at his office and his secretary acted surprised and said, he's not here. The meeting was supposed to be at your office. Already I look stupid, but I convinced myself that it was an honest misunderstanding. When he showed up at the meeting, I got a real introduction, just as promised. He listed my most important and necessary duties and said they weren't going to happen. He said he wanted me to know up front so I didn't have any expectations. What a nice guy, right? He told me that the things I needed to do weren't important and there was no budget. He went on to say that he would be using much of my existing budget for other projects of other departments, even though the law required that I use this money for my division only. As he continued to talk, he cut off more and more of the power I had to do my job. He had a smirk on his face and a twinkle in his eye. He delivered this like a guy who just wanted to let me know. If that isn't good enough, he also told me that another department wanted my offices and that I would be moving with my staff to a dilapidated storage building. Wow, what a power play, right? As a new employee, what am I supposed to say to that? He wanted me to know that he held all the cards. I brought up a grant-funded project that was very important to me and to my employees. It would provide security for all of us. And he said, there's no need for security. It's safe here. And told me that I was to take the grant money and say that I used it. The rest of the time, he talked about himself and my autistic brain had shut down by then. When 
when I left, I realized I didn't like what he said and I just didn't feel good. The idea that he was a bully hadn't yet occurred to me. I didn't realize right away that this was having a huge impact on my autistic brain. At first, it was like my mind was blank and I felt nothing. That's how it seemed. But I got home that night and felt so depressed. It was a Friday and over the weekend, my depression got worse and worse. I went over the things he said. My anxiety spiked. By Monday, I couldn't go to work. I literally could not. And I couldn't explain it to anyone else that I literally could not go to work. At the same time, I didn't fully understand why I felt the way I did. What was wrong with me? When I did return to work, I told my staff about what had happened and about the fact that we wouldn't be having security. And I saw the look on their faces and I knew I couldn't give up. A week later, I asked for a meeting with him in my office. At the meeting, as we started talking, I noticed he was repeating things to me in the exact words I had used when I said them to my staff. Yet another tactic to catch me off guard and make me powerless. But by then, I knew what to look for. One thing bullies do is they act like they know what you are thinking. And sometimes it almost seems like they do. They want you to think that they can read your mind and that'll put anyone off balance, which is the idea. I brought up the security issue and he again said there was no need for it. And he told me to take the grant money and lie about it. Again, he said that. He also informed me there was no money for my division, just as I'd heard before from him, and that we'd be moving into the storage building. And then the cherry on the top of the icing on the cake, he said, after all, we just approved spending $5 million on a visitor parking garage. You see, that's sticking the knife in and turning it. The bully wants you to know you have no value. And just when you start to feel really bad, when they've got you right in the palm of their hand and you think it can't get worse, in goes the knife and it twists so that you have no doubt that you're worthless. Maybe you think I'm going on a bit about this or even assuming. I just want you to pay attention because bullies really are this mean and they have a lifetime of practice. They have no conscience and they don't care how you feel except that they would like to see you feel hurt or angry and they love it if you lash out. This bully was sitting on the other side of my desk with a gleam in his eyes and the corner of his mouth turned up in the most devious grin. There were other subjects that we had to discuss that I needed answers about in order to do my job effectively. And believe me, each of them he had an excuse for, a demeaning excuse meant to take away any and all power that I had. This man was a card-carrying bully. Later that day, depression hit me hard, and I realized I truly was powerless. If I tried to assert myself, I wouldn't be believed. Nothing would improve. He would escalate, if anything. A bully always has more power than a person with a conscience. I could fight this injustice, but I knew that if I won, my life would be very unpleasant and the process would be excruciating. So for the next few days, my brain tortured me. Depression took me down and anxiety was so bad. I felt like I felt like I couldn't breathe. 
I didn't know what to do. You're probably familiar with asking a friend or family member for advice in a situation like that and just hearing, do what you think is best. Do you ever want to say to that, that's what my question is. What is best? That's what I'm asking you. Ah, a bully sets out to exploit the things that you value about yourself. My integrity is who I am. And he insisted that I do something unethical. I remember being at a lecture once and hearing the speaker say, you always pay a price for your ethics. So how did this price thing work? Was I going to have to give up my ethics in order to keep my dream job? Could the price be that I needed to leave the job and possibly negatively affect my reputation and my ability to be hired for another similar position? How would I be regarded by my colleagues if I left so quickly? At a time like this, the brain tells us all kinds of stories. So how did I do on the test? I chose myself. I knew that the anxiety and depression, if I stayed, would affect my health and my happiness. And I know you can't win against a bully. You lose either way. That's how they set it up. And they are experts at it. Leaving for me was gut-wrenching. And yet the best decision I made for my happiness. I kept my promise to myself. And I know now I can spot a bully and I can refuse to participate. Oh sure, for months. I grieved the loss of my dream job. My experience with bullies had convinced me you can't win against a bully, as I said already. All you can do is get away, cut them off, refuse to allow them in your life. That is your only response to a bully. It's not weak to walk away from a bully. If you stay, the bully gets stronger. Think about that. No matter what you have read or hear or see or watch on YouTube, the only way you can deal with a bully is to not deal with a bully. Walk away as fast as you can. I promise you may regret staying. You won't regret putting yourself and your happiness first. So here's the takeaway. Observe and study people. Autistics are good at observing. Get good at spotting bullies or people who have bullying traits. Practice and rehearse empowering statements like, I don't see it that way. I don't have the information to make a judgment. Notice your feelings. Bad feelings are telling you something. They are like an alarm telling you something is wrong. So even if you don't know what it is, you know the alarm is going off. Put yourself and your happiness first and you won't go wrong. Walking away from a bully is always a win. If you've had success handling a bully, share some of your tips on Twitter and tag at an autistic woman. Until next time, I'm the Autistic Woman.